WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF making your home great. Live on the radio between 2 and 4 every single Saturday afternoon. I look forward to every Saturday to spend time with Tim Ferruzzi talking about uh, home construction, maintenance, and other things. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Good, good. Good. Tim, of course, is from Handy Helpers and uh, Highland Residential Roofing. Uh, websites are Handy Helpers remodel.com and Highland uh, HighlandRoofingNC.com HighlandRoofingNC.com and today I guess our topic is going to be workplace safety. Uh, Tim, yours yep. is in inherently dangerous uh, sector of the economy. When you th- um, I think about this, you know, there are requirements for how high a handrail has to be, right? Yep. There are, and probably there are strength considerations and all this whole. If you're putting in a handrail, you got to, you know, right? You got to get it right. But somebody yep. has to install it. That's right. <laughs> and before we begin begin yeah. talking about uh, safety and OSHA and yeah. on your on your home site or your building site, I wanted to mention that. Uh, the next four weeks, uh, next Saturday, we'll be talking about insulation. Right. And, of course, you know, you can call and talk to us about anything construction-related on a building or home uh, during our main topics, but we try to set a topic for the Saturday just so we've got a general outline of what we're going to discuss. And we always get calls over on different things, like we might be talking about insulation and we'll get a call about kitchens or yeah. or crawl spaces or attics or roofing. So mm-hmm. we're always open for a phone call. So next Saturday we're going to be up for uh, talking about insulation. The following Saturday will be exteriors. Yes. And the next two Saturdays after that will be special projects that I've done over the last 30 years. I'm just going to hit on special projects, unique projects that I've done, things I remember. Right. And then the following, uh, that next uh, Saturday, the 14th of October, we'll be talking about structural issues. Um, so, yeah, right. safety. Um, you know, we, uh, it's like you just mentioned, you go to uh, Lowe's or Costco or a factory or an office, and generally most of the safety uh, things have been put in place and, and systemized. Uh, through years of evolving mm-hmm. with OSHA and experiences and accidents and things of the sort. Whereas when you call someone to come out and work on your home, a lot of these things have not been, uh, yes, they, they, we buy ladders and we buy hand tools and things like that, but there's so many more, so much more exposure uh, when someone comes to work on your house. And, and I find that when I go out and look at people's homes, and people are uh, very price conscious. They don't really seem to think about what it takes to run a uh, a viable, safe operation and what all the costs are behind the scenes. And uh, they don't take into consideration, or they just think it's it's an understood that this is the way it should be. And if you've lived long enough, you know that's not the case. You see, you see these guys driving down the, the highways with uh, fifty ladders on top of their van. You wonder <laughs> if they're trailers, 
if their trailers are connected to their vehicles when they're hauling booty ahead of you or you're yeah. behind them, what could fall out of the trailer. Yep. You know, all those things are, are definite concerns. And these people come to your house to work. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. are there, are, you know, so... Are the ladders are the ladders safe? Are well, well, how about fried? this? How about this, yeah. Tim? How many times in your travels have you seen a half mile of roadway painted because somebody yeah. somewhere didn't secure the gallon of paint or five gallons of paint? Five gallons, right? Of paint is more like it, yeah. Right, and it did, and it fell off the truck, which is you no, know, that's a minor safety thing as long as you're not the guy right behind him driving. But, but that same individual was a couple of hours earlier in charge of setting up the scaffolding. Right. Right. The other thing is, and, and, how many aluminum ladders, busted up aluminum ladders, have you seen along the highway in your lifetime? Yeah. I've seen a few. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have my crews. I try to make sure that our trucks, when we tie down ladders on top of our trucks, and we're going to come talk about your home site in a minute. But Yeah, that's fine. The transportation process in between from point A to point B, you know, I tell my guys to put three um, uh, straps on the ladders, on the racks, uh-huh. because if one fails, there's still two more. Whereas if you only do two, which is what 90% of the guys do, yeah. then if one fails, then you're driving 70, 80 miles down uh, uh, I-40 or, or 440, and the next thing you know is there's a, there's a ladder blowing off and killing somebody. That's not a good so, thing. These are the types of things, and it's just that that mental uh, mindset that these guys have in the whole process that will end up at your home mm-hmm. and the risk that you take hiring people that aren't safe. Well, let me throw out the telephone number, Tim, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. If you've got something on Tim's topic... Safety and OSHA, or if you've got a project going on in your house, go ahead and call us. Tim, I didn't mean to interrupt, but we needed to get the number out. Absolutely. So, yeah, call about anything you want. And um, so OSHA, uh, Occupational Safety Health Administration, I think. It's a federal organization. Most of us know of it. And it requires that you have uh, work... uh, Worksite compliance, you know, typically in your offices or where you work, you should have that uh, somewhere uh, in a location where you can kind of read about that and, and uh, other things related to the labor labor board and labor department. So um, ladders, you know, guys putting ladders on your house, you're required to have the ladder right side up, legs down, and put at the, at the angle where the actual steps are level um, with what you're walking up. So if you sometimes yeah. you see these ladders that are too steep, set up yeah. too steep, or not set up steep enough. And you know that by just looking at the actual steps. And as long as the steps are level with the ground, then typically your angle is correct. And you always want to make sure that these ladders, and we're talking about extension ladders, yeah. are... Uh, commercial grade, they need to be aluminum or fiberglass. If someone comes out to your house with a wood ladder, uh, run. Because <laughs> wood ladders just, you know, and I know that some of us have them around our house for yeah. ourselves. That's one thing. 
but someone coming to do work on your house with a wood step ladder or a wood extension ladder especially right there there's an issue there so these ladders should also be you know 3 feet above the roof line so when they set a ladder up it doesn't need to be a foot uh, above the if you're going up on the roof yeah it needs to be 3 feet from the fascia board up so that when you get off of the ladder you can get off of it easily and when you get back on the ladder to go down you know if it's yeah. too low your pant leg can get caught in it. Yep. As you're trying to come down, you can trip over it. Uh, you're bending down, trying to you know grab the ladder while you put your feet down. Yep. So it's a real big hazard. So you you know you see these guys sometimes put these ladders right on the fascia board and then go on the roof because their ladders aren't long enough. Yeah. So these are important things, and, and homeowners can actually be liable for this if these guys don't have insurance and they come out and work on your house. Yeah, and you hired these guys, and maybe they were the low-priced guys. You could technically be brought into the lawsuit because you were negligent in that you hired these guys. If you hire the right attorney, you can be prosecuted yourself. Yeah, they can dig into your pockets uh, it, above it, and beyond your homeowner's insurance. Yeah, and we're going to talk about like things like insurance today. Just uh, you know, nobody's giving legal advice here today on the show. Nope. But what we're doing is tapping into Tim's experience with working and continuing to own his own companies, Handy Helpers Remodel, or Handy Helpers, and Highland Residential Roofing. And we're going to talk more about safety issues, not only around your home, but elsewhere. Uh, This is Making Your Home Great. Tim Ferruzzi and Dave Alexander on a Saturday afternoon extending the the invitation Call us up, 919-860-9783 at WPTF. The Making Your Home Great AccuWeather forecast includes sunshine, a few clouds, and a high near 84. Pleasant tonight, low near 65, and Sunday... Sunny and 83. There could be some clouds coming in and out, but eh, for the most part, you're going to see some bright skies and sunshine. Uh, Sunday and Monday and even Tuesday as well. Right now, 82 with a real feel of 87. We are talking about safety and OSHA and what happens when they hire somebody to come into your house. Tim Ferruzzi with Andy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. I'm Dave Alexander. Tim knows, of course, that I have a long history of um, freak industrial accidents on work sites, and uh, the topic is all scary for me. But we're gonna—we were talking about OSHA and hiring people to come work in your home. Um, where, where does OSHA come in? I mean, do they do they mandate uh, other than you know the kind of ladders they use? They even uh, come into your home? Uh, not generally, no. um, and most of the time, OSHA, you know, they. They have only a certain number of inspectors, and they're mainly geared towards um, large construction sites. They they can canvas neighborhoods mm-hmm. and look for works working crews there, but that is rare. Yeah, um, just because of the manpower, they typically are going to the larger job projects, whether they be residential apartment complexes, uh, things like that, maybe developments. And, of course, commercial uh, industrial buildings uh, where there's a lot going on is where you'll see those guys more often. And they'll just pop up, and then sometimes you'll have a a former employee 
right. something that might call it in, kind of whistleblow or, or whatever. Competitors uh, at times will do that type of thing as well. So um, you know, I want to mention to you, you know, yeah. I, I went online and kind of did a little quick uh, search on what are the most cited uh, uh, standards for OSHA yeah. on job sites. And, and the first thing was fall protection, which just goes right back to what we talked about with ladders. Yeah. Um, and also, we're going to talk further about, you know, uh, lifelines, uh, brackets to hold people on the roof, you know, with the little jackets on and the, the tether back to the top of the roof. Yeah. Uh, number two, hazard communication, which talks about is, is really the MSDS sheet. So uh, when you go as a contractor, when you go to buy paint or when you go buy roofing supplies and you're using, and a lot of this is chemicals uh, mm-hmm. that we use, you know, you're supposed to have an MSDS sheet and understand, your employees are supposed to understand how to use that chemical and what are the effects of that chemical. Yeah. And uh, a lot of us take that for granted, but that's a requirement that OSHA and other entities require of the of the manufacturer of those products, uh, whether it be glue, um, just, you know, standard glue. So we just need to understand. And on the back of these cans, it does talk about some of the, Probable problems with these things, but you still need, as a contractor, you're supposed to have your employees understanding the uh, the MSDS sheet, which is material safety and data sheet, right? Um, what what the hazards and how to use this chemical and how to store it and blah blah blah. Third thing is scaffolding, which is similar to ladders. Yeah, uh, and then the fourth side, most cited thing is. Uh, Respiratory protection, respiratory protection. Uh, you know, we see these guys in our attics or yeah. installing insulation or cutting fiber cement without uh, without masks on. Um, fifth most cited was lockout, tagout. That has to do with like confined spaces and uh, things like uh, cutting off electrical breakers when guys are maybe further down working and making sure that they're. Uh, locked out so no one kicks on the power while they're over there working. Yeah. Uh, sixth item is powered industrial trucks. I, I think that's talking about um, mostly forklifts and things of the sort. Seven is ladders, actually. I didn't even see that. So oh, yeah. ladders has its own little, uh, it's number seven on the citation list. Number eight is electrical and wiring methods, obviously. And then number nine is machine guarding. That would be things like your circular saw and your table saws, how are they protected with the shields, these little plastic shields that you see these guys tear off the machines because they can't see through them. Yeah. Um, and then the tenth most cited uh, thing from OSHA as far as fines is electrical general requirements versus the wiring methods on number eight. Number ten would just be in general electrical. So it kind of gives you an idea of uh, what kind of order uh, people are violating fall protection being number one, yeah. hazard communication being number two, yep. and then scaffolding and respiratory. All these things matter, right? You don't want people getting hurt or dying on the job site. And you know, the other thing is that there's a certain thing that you or I might do in our own home that we don't want somebody working in our home to do. For instance, there's, a, there's not a person who's ever operated a power saw that hasn't run that power saw without eye protection. It just happens. You you walk over, you start it up. I did this just the other day. 
the flip side is you don't want somebody working for somebody else in your home or working for you in your home operating with eye protect, without eye protection. And I know it gets hot inside those white masks. And, you know, if you add the mask and the eyeglasses on an 80% humidity day, it's hot. But you're supposed to wear it. Well, and that's where you have to have air conditioning right. and or uh, fans and things like that. And then you've got to have a water source and you allow people to take breaks. And But ultimately, um, and, and we're guilty of, of, of some of this too. You know, the guys get out there and start working and, you know, next thing they know, you know, they're tearing stuff up with a shovel and they should have eyewear on. And yeah. they're, they're too lazy to walk down to the truck to get it at times. And I mean, we all have that problem. You talk about being a home working. How many of us have gone on a stepladder and actually used the top two rungs and the, the very top, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. say that, to stand on because, you know, oh, well, it's just going to take a second. I just got to reach a little further. And you're not supposed to step on the very top. Right. It says, from the top. this is oh. not a step. <laughs> but I'm sure oh, yeah. every man out there has done that. Absolutely. Because, oh, it won't happen to me. This is safe and level. And, and 98% of the time, nothing does happen. Right. Yes. I once, I'll tell you what, I once hit myself in the head with a hammer. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure I have enough time to tell the story, but the point is, <laughs> I dropped a hammer on my head. The thing is, you got you to gotta plan for the accident. Okay. It, it, it will, or it'll happen. I just, I'm just saying that. All right. So how do we encourage people who are working in our house to do best practices, or do we just well, have to hire the right person? And, let, and let's talk about a few things. I, I've done some uh, OSHA certification. I've done my 10-hour several times yeah. uh, over the last 30 years. And I've, at one time, I think I did a 40-hour, which I don't think they do the 40 hours anymore. I think they're down to 30-hour OSHA certification. So I've done five or six classes over the last 30 years. Um, and, um, and then, of course, you know when you're, doing contracting, you, you try to read about it and stay on top of it because safety is important. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember specifically we were talking about uh, who does this happen to? Who, who are the people that most frequently have accidents mm-hmm. uh, on construction sites or in a uh, warehouse manufacturing setting or, or elsewhere? And uh, you would think it's the, the new guy or you would think it's the guy that's maybe... Uh, been there for a long time and maybe old and whatever, mm-hmm. but actually, what have who it really is is the guy that's um, that's been on the job maybe ten, eleven, twelve years. That's so used to hey, you know, I've done this this way. I don't have any problems. Yeah, um, you know, those are the guys that take it for granted and end up having the most accidents. Are the guys that are too sure of themselves that they've done it time again, time again, and never had an issue. And uh, the new guys, it would happen to more often uh, in the cases where they just don't understand. Yeah. But it's the, it's the other guys that have been doing it for quite a while that have the most problems because they just take it for granted and get lazy and just keep doing the same thing over and over again because they've gotten away with it. Tim Feruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and News Radio 680 WPTF. The show is called Making Your Home Great, and we are here till 4. Call us up. 919-860-9783 News Radio 680 WPTF
News Radio 680 WPTF Acura. The forecast does include lots of sunshine for the next couple of days, a few clouds, and right now it's 82 degrees. Real feel, 87. News Radio 680 WPTF and making your home great. Tim Ferruzzi on the air talking about uh, projects around the home. I want to mention two things. One is that Ken Alstrom of Economy Exterminators will be on the show at the end of the month, on the 30th. And I do want to thank Robert Underwood for coming in last week and talking about tree surface. There was an obvious reason why we wanted somebody on the air talking about cutting down the limbs, loose limbs, especially on your trees. Uh, Tim, we're talking about safety on the, uh, on the house. And you've done everything from crawl spaces to the roof. So you go ahead. Tell me about safety. Well, and we've also done uh, remediation, mm-hmm. uh, mold and um, water damage and fire and that kind of thing. And in some of those scenarios, you're dealing with, uh, obviously, bioaerosols and also chemicals. Yeah. So all that's got to be considered. So and I'm, you've all, I'm always yes. been interested in trying to keep my guys safe because if I keep my guys safe, obviously it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah. But it's also it's also cheaper. Um, even though it costs more to do that internally, which we were talking about earlier, it's still a cheaper way of doing business because you stay in business and you avoid lawsuits and things of a sort related to negligence. So now, you try to go the extra mile and, and make sure that the guys are doing things properly and paying attention. And So I'm constantly talking to the guys about wearing dust masks, you know, out there cutting hardy plank type material, which is yeah. fiber cement. You know, that stuff, that dust in the air, that's, uh, I had mentioned this on shows, several shows back, uh, that, you know, went to uh, Sherry Berry, the woman we saw see in the elevator, uh, Department of Labor. Yeah. And uh, she was putting on something back in the late 90s, I think, up in, uh, in Raleigh. And I went to, it was a one-day thing, and she got up and spoke, and, workplace safety, and, and the big topic was uh, this fiber cement. At that time, it was a fairly new product, and about the issues with that, uh, similar to, to asbestos issues, but different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the silica. I guess it's the silica. You got these guys out all day cutting this stuff, putting it on these large buildings, apartment complexes, right. and they're not wearing any masks. Mm-hmm. And that stuff goes into their lungs, and it causes problems, and and. We were talking. They were talking about the manufacturers not putting stickers on their products about that, and uh, the future liabilities of what was coming down the road twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years from this this material being used, uh, and people cutting it, uh, and people being around the work site while it's being cut. I've driven by these apartment complexes and seen these guys out there just cutting, and there's just a huge cloud around them of this stuff all day long as they're cutting it. And they yeah. don't have masks on. <laughs> so. it's, uh, well, it's, a, it's not something, and honestly, this is a good and a bad thing. It's not something that affects you that day. It's a decades-long thing. You know, it'll, yeah, it, it'll hurt you like later. Smoke, just like smoking. Exactly. And, and, and drinking too much. There's a, but, you know, uh, if you ever see a construction site and there's a truck that says non-potable water, and you say to yourself, why are they dragging water out there is because the the dust on a work site 
has the same effect as that hardy plank. It's silica. Uh, rock quarries have the same thing. They run a truck down to keep the dust down because otherwise it gets into people's lungs and it affects them decades later. Yep. So, you know, and, and this, is, this is important for consumers to understand is that, you know, when you buy from a company, you're buying the whole package. And uh, when you're just looking at price alone, and I'm not saying that because we're the highest priced guys out there. We're not going to be your cheapest guys uh, because we can't be. We're we're running a a, a legitimate operation and, and doing a lot of things behind the scene. We mm-hmm. have accountants, and and so you know we have to charge and and to get good quality product that's going to be warranted. You've got to have these things internally and that costs money and you have to charge for those things. Mm-hmm. So just be beware if you're after the low price guy to do the work on your house, you're accepting a lot of liability that you're not taking into account aside from possible quality issues. And uh, we, we try and explain to people it's pay me now or pay me later. Yeah, you can spend a hundred dollars now, but you're going to spend another 150 or $500 again in two years. Yeah. Whereas if you spend three hundred now, you won't have to spend any more money for eight years or twenty years. Yeah. Right? So which one is the cheapest in the long run? And so back to safety a little bit more. Um, you know, we had that accident downtown Raleigh uh, where I think there was two Hispanic guys that died from this in the scaffolding accident mm-hmm. in the last year or two. Do you remember that? I do. All over the news. I do. Yeah. And I don't know what the final. Uh, scenario was there i think it was something to do with the scaffolding was not tied to the building properly yeah um i I don't recall exactly but i'll look it up i'll look it up yeah yeah scaffolding is is something that would be used in residential settings as well and more so not followed by the rules like it would be in a commercial setting because in a commercial setting you're dealing with a general contractor specifications things like that well when that comes out to your house it's just no one watching, you know, and, and yeah. these things, you know, your yards have hills on them, and then the guys are trying to put pieces of wood and brick under the caster tires, and maybe something doesn't get locked, or maybe something doesn't work, and then instead of buying the the actual um, platforms for the scaffolding, they get these 2x10s and 2x12 pieces of wood, lumber, and use those as their platforms to work off of to save money. So right. these are the types of things you need to be aware of because you as a homeowner could be liable for this stuff because you knowingly and willingly see this going on and you're not, you know, doing anything about it. So, right. You know, in the end, you could be liable. And, and these are the things that have to be considered. And you don't want anybody getting killed or hurt on your job site because it's just another problem that you got to deal with. The uh, 2015 so. accident at Charter Square mm-hmm. was determined to have been caused by um, the workers dismantling scaffolding when one of the tracks snapped off and fell to the ground. And it was involved uh, three construction companies um, being cited by the North Carolina Department of Labor. Uh, right. And again, this is 2015. So this was the actual, just during the dismantling process of the scaffolding? That's what the uh, WRAL story based on the uh, Department of Labor uh, report. 
I do remember this, one of the scaffolding com- the scaffolding company being named possibly in that. I think if I remember correctly, but yeah, it's 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 as unfortunate. You know, you don't want people to die um, for things that could have been avoided. And when somebody sets up scaffolding on unsteady ground, not unsteady. I'm sorry, uneven ground at your house. The, the, it's industry standard, chocks of wood, pieces of wood underneath one corner. Is that correct? Well, that's what you're going to see. I mean, these that's guys, a, right. they're going to, you know, if the low-price guy is going to come out there and try to do it as cheap as possible so that he can make money off the low price. Is there a better way to do it? The, the, I'm talking about the four corners of a standard scaffolding. Mm-hmm. If one of the legs is lower than the other, they obviously have to do something, right? You're Not the legs do, lower, but the ground lower. You're going to have to do some digging okay. uh, to solid ground. All right. You're going to have to come in and build quality platforms okay. that are strong enough for these things to sit on, yeah. and they have to have a stable foundation below them. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, if you go higher than 20 feet, the scaffold has to be tied back off to the house. Uh, every 20 feet or less. Yeah. Any guy that's on a scaffold has to have fall protection if he's above six feet to some degree. Right. And and he's also got to have head protection so nothing could fall on his head. And you mentioned something earlier about uh, that maybe happening to you. Or what something I, what hammer, I did, I, I dropped my own hammer on my head, okay? What happened was I had the hammer, I was up on the roof, then I pulled the, I got off the roof, I could put the ladder away. And, and then I saw the hammer, right? So I'm not getting the ladder out. I went up. I got a rope. I looped it, and I pulled it. I pulled it as hard as I could, and the ha- I saw the hammer come off the roof, and it got bigger, and it got bigger, and it got bigger. And I wondered, why is this hammer getting bigger? And then it hit me. All right. <laughs> And it did. Call us up, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. I'll tell you the time I broke three ribs tripping over a two-by-four on a construction project. We're talking safety on the show here, making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Accurate weather forecast, some clouds and sun, high near 84, overnight low near 65. Sunday, a high up to 83, more humid with partial sunshine. And then Monday, sunshine, some clouds and 82. It is 82 degrees with the Real Feel 87 News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. We are talking about safety. And uh, Tim is uh, with us by the magic of telephones. How are you doing, Tim? Doing fine. Hope everybody's having a good Saturday. Yeah. And by the way, I want to mention, too, I've said this several times on different shows. Sure. I have this ventilation, uh, the importance of ventilation brochure that I'm willing to mail to anybody. No obligation. I'll just put a business card in with it. But uh, it's a nice animated uh, brochure put out by one of the major uh, ventilation companies. And... um, talks about why ventilation is important in your attics and your crawl spaces. So I encourage anybody that wants that to email me at uh, handyhelpersremodel uh, at gmail.com or, or email us at highlandroofingnc 
at gmail.com, or then go right to our website. Uh, websites are highlandroofingnc.com and then handyhelpersremodel.com, just like it sounds, handyhelpersremodel.com. Uh, and click so, contact, and you'll get right to yep, that. Yep. That thing. And, then, and I'll you send me a little thing. We've had many people do it, and I'll put it in the mail to you, and it's good information. It'll help you save money on, on your home. Very good. Safety on the job site. What's the most dangerous part of your job, Tim? My job or the construction business? Okay, the construction business. The sure. construction business. I would say that uh, fall, well, the sighted things at uh, OSHA, we just talked about fall protection yeah, and then exposure to chemicals and, um, uh, and then, of course, electrocution uh, is, is up there. So uh, I think those are your three main things is, is what you inhale. Uh, yeah. Obviously, noise uh, decibels are also a consideration. Yeah. But fall protection, uh, how, how you inhale or touch chemicals. And uh, possible electrocution, of course, methane gases with plumbing, waste systems, and then cutting your hand off, uh, cutting your fingers oh off. Oh, my gosh. With, yes. With machines. That yeah. happens a lot. That's very, very common. Is it? Uh, mm. Yeah. You yeah, see my... guys walking around with two or three fingers, and Ow. you know that they were probably in the construction business or they were mowing their lawn one day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. If your lawnmower stops running, just a pro tip here. Your lawnmower stops running. Don't reach underneath it to try to free the the yeah. debris. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, just, just uh, make sure you you unplug the spark plug and, right. and and try to keep it so it doesn't bounce right back to the spark plug area to where it can arc. You want to kind of make sure it stays away. We have gone we have gone through this thing in my neighborhood. Absolutely, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, all right. So fallen's a big deal. Okay. Falling's a big deal. And and another thing is, you know, we're in the roofing business, so yeah. how you store materials on the roof when you're bringing materials up, you don't want things um, within six feet of the edge. So if you've got guys up there storing shingles all over the whole edge of your house and it's within six feet, yeah. I think it's six feet. It might be two feet, but I believe it's six feet. I'll look it up while we're talking. Yeah. Uh, that's dangerous because you remember the hammer you just talked about? Oh, yeah. Kind of slipped down and hit you in the... Um, yeah, so I think it's six feet back from the edge of the roof um, is where that material should be. I, I give you also an example of storing material on roof. Uh, ABC um, Supply was delivering material up in DC, and uh, they actually load they load the roofs for you up in, up in the D.C. market, Virginia market, whereas down here they just drop it off on your job site. You have to get it on the roof. Yeah, okay. It's just the way they do business up there. And not too long ago, within the last two or three years, I believe, uh, they were loading a job site roof, and evidently someone got lazy, and they put all of the material uh, in one location on the roof. Oh, no. Well, what ended up happening is the whole thing collapsed all the way through the house, uh, and luckily didn't kill anybody, but yeah. uh, could you imagine that just all that material yes. just crashing right through the framing of your attic and into your ceiling and all the way down? <laughs> uh, what I can't imagine is somebody, you know, in their professional life saying, you know what I'm going to do? This is a really, he my he truck is very heavy duty. Nobody can actually, pe people don't want to hand carry this heavy product up on top of the roof. So my plan is to put it all in one spot. 
Yep. Wow. And you can't do it. Your framing is not uh, not able to hold it all. It has to be dispersed. So I did just pull up at, uh, that what I mentioned earlier. Right. Uh, it shall not be stored within six feet of the roof edge. Uh, unless you have guardrails or toe kicks and things like that up there, which is is obviously on steep roofs, you need to have that. Yeah. Um, so trying to make sure that materials further away from the edge of the roof as possible yep. uh, is important. And then, you know, let's talk about respiratory uh, for a minute. Um, breathing, you know, just having a simple dust mask, uh, and they have different levels of dust masks. You can buy them anywhere. Uh, right. Is, is a good thing to have when you go into the house or when you're in the attic playing with the insulation or you're tearing out drywall or tile. If you're doing your own little project at home, always having a dust mask and obviously goggles on. And, of course, if you start dealing with chemicals like acetone, mm-hmm. um, muriatic acid, you know, having the right gloves, having the right mask, which, you know, they, they you can also buy these things at the hardware stores that, handle certain chemicals, and they, they're the ones that you kind of um, remind you of uh, what you would wear if it was a, uh, a war zone or something. Yeah. They don't cover your whole face most of the time. They just cover the... the you know, they use them in paint booths when they're painting cars. You see this on TV. Right. And they've got the, the two cylinders on them. So, um, you know, respiratory is really important. And uh, like you said earlier, um, we need to think about down the road. And, and how that's going to affect our workers and also the, the people around the house. Um, I remember years ago, um, we were doing a fire cleanup and we were having to spray kills after we wiped down all the walls. It was a vacant house and we right. were spraying kills. And even with masks on, um, you know, we're spraying this with sprayers all over the walls and ceilings. It about knocked us out. We had to go outside every. Uh, 30 minutes take turns and I mean it was just making our heads just pulsate and we probably didn't have the right mask on but we had a mask on I was told it was the right one back then but and I can remember that to this day on, and, on what that did to us and is kills like a uh, paint sort of product that you spray on the wall to to block out the smoke smell yeah yeah, yeah I believe it's a shellac based type of uh, primer Right, it's been around for years, and not only will it kill the stain, but it will kill your brain cells. So, yeah. um, you know, you just got to make sure you use it properly. But it's a good product. Yeah. Um, so respiratory, you know, making sure you protect uh, your your lungs, and and then obviously the rest of your body, because that once it goes in your lungs, it goes everywhere, your liver, your wow. uh, other places. So, um, brain cells. Um, and then let's see. <laughs> What else do we need to talk about? <laughs> Speaking of brain cells. Huh? Speaking of brain cells, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great moment to get a senior moment. Yeah, we were in there uh, five or six hours. They're spraying the kills. <laughs> well, yeah, why, you were you, got, why were you spraying it? I have no idea what you're talking about. For all you guys that have been painting for a lifetime, you know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, they joke about that. You know, the, the accumulated uh, methylfluorocarbonines or whatever it is. But that is a serious thing to, to worry about. Uh, but there are people who are still working in the construction business and in other business who just, you know, they, they wash their hands with gasoline. Yep. Okay? They, you know, yep. ah, I've been doing it for years. It is no big yep. deal. I yep, right. You get a little cut there, Johnny. Ah, it doesn't matter. I'll just, I'll just wash it with the gasoline and I'll get it with the, with and the I'm goo gone. I'm convinced that these chemicals that come in your body yeah. 
of VOCs and all this, especially if you do this for a living, and whether you be a mechanic or a painter or whatever, this stuff that comes into your body will also uh, transpose into your spouse's body as well, you know, over a lifetime because of the intimacy. So this is all this. I mean, this is not just you. And then, you know, these guys that work, you watch some of these shows talking about asbestos over the years. Yeah. These guys would come home with this stuff all over their clothes. They didn't know it was an issue 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yep. And they'd come home and they'd be around the house with the kids, not knowing that this stuff was just flying all over the house from work. And then they were mixing in the laundry. And, you know, some of these children of these workers yeah. uh, got secondary exposure to it and got sick because of it. You know, that's not a good thing. Well, it is something we found out decades later. So best be, you know, better be careful than anything else. Of all the words that, Tim, I hadn't planned on hearing you say today during the program or anyone saying, the was the word intimacy. Yeah. Well. It's, it's always good when we can, we can talk about that. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing. All right, listen, we've got to wrap up this hour. Next hour, phone lines are totally open. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. If you want to talk about issues of safety, you can, or intimacy, it's okay. You know, we can do that. I'm not making eye contact while I talk to you about it, but we'll do that. Making your home great on the radio. News Radio 680, WPTF. Call us up. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great until 4 o'clock. Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi. And honestly, it would go a lot smoother with you, too, on the phone. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Call right now. We'll get you on the air. And Tim Ferruzzi with me. Uh, Tim, of course, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Two websites, handyhelpersremodel.com and highlandroofingnc.com. And uh, Tim, have you seen this design? Actually, it's built now. It's more than a design. The roof of the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Uh, no, I heard I heard them talking about it on either the radio or, or TV, but tell yeah. me about it. All right. I... I I don't know how to describe it except, you know, like on a science fiction movie where instead of just having a regular door, they uh-huh. have several panels sliding against each other and they 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 close into a circle in the center. Uh-huh. Basically, they've built it. They've built this massive roof, and it's it's pie pieces uh, or pizza triangles. Okay. And they slide along tracks, and they close pretty much together, I guess, when it rains. Uh-huh. I've been told, actually I read, that each of these triangular panels, and there are apparently eight of them. Every time I count, I get a different number, but it's eight. Um, th- they are, like, massively heavy. 500 tons. Now, that could be a reporter error. I'm hoping it is. Although each of the 500-ton pedals appears to rotate when the roof opens and closes, they actually roll along an inner rail. 
This is it, this is in Atlanta. Uh, it's the Falcons' new stadium. Unbelievable. They're planning to use it tomorrow. Is why I bring it up. It's one of the strangest sort of designs I've ever seen. Um, and what if it doesn't work? Right. It's a signature stadium. It's the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If it doesn't work, Mercedes-Benz, who isn't building it, is going to look a little foolish. I just bring it up. I might be. I might see it next time when you see it tomorrow on TV. Think of us making your home great. Here's the number: nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero. 9783. Call with any question you want from Tim. Uh, opinions expressed by Dave Alexander are just hooey and not not necessary at all uh, from anybody. Uh, yeah, I just went online as you were talking about yeah. it and took a peek at it. And yeah. It, uh, yeah, imagine the, uh, uh, imagine the work, uh, work safety issues on that job site. Right. <laughs> 500... No, no, honestly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It looks no, like eight of them. It looks yeah, like eight, eight pieces that are kind of like pizza or mm-hmm. pie pieces, pie wedges. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they each are moving at the same time and weigh hundreds of tons. Well, that's a great idea. I think that's a terrific idea. And, and you know what's underneath them? Fans. <laughs> Uh-huh. Thousands of the thousands of regular people who've all called their attorneys. That's eh, all right. You know, this is what they come up with. You got to have something to draw people in. You know, it, well, and then something to put the Mercedes symbol on too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure if it works, everybody's going to be happy with it. That's a great thing. Well, oh, man, the engineers have it all figured out. You know, they they do this on a very small scale, and then they just multiply it times whatever. And yes. And uh, they upsize the size of all of it. Well, they went to engineering school. I mean, we got to yeah. give them credit. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we talked about OSHA last last hour. I I did the same thing which you did, which was to just kind of brush up on what you could learn about OSHA from the government website. The first, if you type in O S H A OSHA, the first listing is for OSHA dot com, which is not affiliated with. OSHA.gov or uh, the United States Department of Labor. Uh, the first one does some sort of training, um, and but I th- I think most folks, if they're if they're a contractor, probably want to go to the actual U.S. Department of Labor site first and find out what kind of training they need. Right. Right. All right. Um, Ken Alstrom on this radio program on the thirtieth. I'm going to be talking about the autumn season and bugs. Ken is with Economy Exterminators, and we look forward to him because that's a great guy. Good to good to talk to him every time he comes in. We got a couple of repeat guests who are they're they're percolating. They're going to land on a Saturday as soon as they figure out what their schedule is for for October and November. By, by the way, earlier today I was in the uh, a hardware store and uh, going to get some ant killer. Yeah, and uh, right as I was getting ant killer, there must have been three or four people getting the same thing that I was. So yeah. evidently, fire ants and and ant hills outside are, are at their peak right now. Evidently, so um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that when Ken comes in on the thirtieth. That's a good thing. 
That's a good thing. So what are you working on? What are you interested in uh, um, looking at? What do you, you know, uh, what's in the hopper for you? Well, we're busy. Uh, good. You know, thank, thank goodness um, we're doing a lot of roofing. Yeah. A lot of flat roofs. And, um, gosh, let's, let's, let me take a look. I'm here in my office. Let me kind of see some of the projects we have on the list. We have a whole uh, house renovation uh, in the process Yeah, uh, for a seller trying to get the house on the market. It's a vacant house, and these all types of interior are going to paint the whole inside, uh, refloor the entire house, do some damage uh, repairs in the bathroom floors, back-to-back bathrooms. Um, repair some front columns, uh, do some deck work, gate work, that kind of thing. Yeah. Here we're doing a flat, flat roof here, pretty large job. Um, here's a job we're going to be doing another roof with some gutters. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we've got uh, roof repairs on the agenda, um, screened-in porch, putting in uh, uh, pet screen. So she's got cats. Yeah. She's got a screen porch. And, you know, pets don't do well with typical screen porches. So I think she's a cat lover. I think she must have four or five, six cats. And so she's hired us to come in with pet screen. So it's a more durable product. So we're going to rescreen her porch with pet screen. Oh, I like that. Um, Yeah. So that's an option for people. Um, Myself, myself, I would just discard the cats. That's me. I would just say, you know what I mean? Because I, I know precisely how much our cats have cost in vet bills and food up to this I moment. I think you're an animal lover, so what are you talking about? No, I am an animal lover. I just don't like animals that are dogs. It's, um, I'm not a big fan of the cats. They don't do much for me. But the point is, so she's, is this an expensive product compared to regular screens? Um, I think it's probably, yeah, it's more expensive of a product, but it's yeah. going to be durable in lots of different ways. Well, that's good. You know, when you talk about screens, you know, you've got aluminum screen and, uh, and it can come in dark, dark, you know, like a bronze, or it can come in the aluminum color, like we're familiar with growing up. Yeah. And then they've got nylon screen, which, um, is, uh, nylon. Yeah, and, uh, oh, it was made in nylon. There's advantages, yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's advantages and disadvantages <laughs> of each. And uh, what I've noticed with nylon screen is um, it may get looser uh, with wind, and yes. also certain moths like to eat it. So if you have a moth problem, then yep. you're going to end up having some holes in it, whereas you know the aluminum screen, if something bumps up against it, it's going to get a, uh, an indent, and you can't get that indent out. So... Um, there's advantages and disadvantages to aluminum and nylon, um, and, and people do different things. Here we've got a um, project, uh, let's see, painting an exterior, uh, replacing a bunch of wood on the exterior, doing some gutters, mm-hmm. obviously more gutter work, lots of gutter work, um, always on the agenda. Um, we got a kitchen remodel going on. That's good. Another roof job, another roof job, you know, and I'm talking whole roofs. Yeah. Uh, thing, you know, and we do things as simple as just installing a couple sets of shutters on a house if needed. So we do the small jobs and the big jobs. I like that. Um, and we can deal with insurance companies, you know, on the phone. And, um, you know, if you need help, if you've got storm damage from 
what came through Fuquay Verena and Willow Springs in the southern part of Wake County yeah. uh, last week, you know, call us up. We'd be happy to come out and look at it, and we can work with the adjusters and make sure you get the right amount of money and to, to do the job and as size properly. Let We're me ask you, break, aren't we? yeah, I, I'm going to ask you when we get back from the break about mm-hmm. that, because I was not in a neighborhood that got the large-sized hail. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I'm a, uh, two, I don't know, six miles away, just a very short distance away from my home, they had hail big enough to just pop right through a rear window of a car. So they got oh, that kind of stuff. I've seen that. I've been over there already. All right. They got that kind of stuff on the roof or did have it a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about that coming up. 919-860-9783. Making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Hack your weather forecast. Sunshine clouds. And a high temperature near 84, almost there now. Overnight low near 65 with uh, humidity rising just a bit on Sunday with partial sunshine and 83. And then plenty of sun and a few clouds on Monday. Right now 82 with a real feel of 87. News Radio 680 WPTF making your home great. Here's the number 919-860-9783. 860-9783. Tim Ferruzzi on the line. He's uh, with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, HandyHelpersRemodel.com, and HighlandRoofingNC.com. I didn't pronounce the D. I don't know why. HighlandRoofingNC.com. Tim Ferruzzi right here. Hey, Tim. Hey. All right. So what were, what were you... Wanting to talk about before we went to the break? I have not the slightest idea. You were going to mention a story, I thought. Story? Well, I was <laughs> going to... Have a moment, huh? I, yeah, I was, I was going to have the... See, the original punchline to the hammer thing, right? The uh-huh. original punchline is, I once dropped a hammer on my own head. And then Tim asks some question about it, like, you know, did that hurt? And then I say, did what hurt? <laughs> And the other, the other joke, of course, is um, I once broke three ribs uh, while walking on a job site, tripping over two by four. I was distracted. Say, like, wow, did that hurt? No, they were delicious. In fact, you just have to rinse them off and put more barbecue sauce on them. That's all I'm saying. Um, well, you know, a little further about safety. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about confined spaces a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's been. Um, a big topic over the years. Uh, several years ago, I think back in 2000, uh, must have been 2010 or 2011, we had uh, a young guy that was working out on a construction site at NC State area somewhere, maybe Centennial Park, and they had dug a trench. Yes. Contractors dug a trench, and he was in there working. Yeah. And I don't think he was much deeper than four to five feet, and he got buried alive. Yeah. And um, they couldn't get him out fast enough. And, uh, you know, these are the types, these are the reasons. And you wouldn't think jumping in a four-foot hole would be an issue, right? I uh, No, you wouldn't. It, 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 it is. And, um, you know, the next thing you know is that earth starts collapsing around you and it's so heavy, um, you know, it kills you quickly. There's so a, are, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. So confined space 
should that would be considered a, a confined space, mm-hmm. uh, to my knowledge. And then, you know, you've got scenarios where uh, people go down into manholes and, and there's gases that they don't smell. Maybe it's uh, um, carbon monoxide or a mixture of things. And there's a story uh, that happened, I think, uh, 10 years ago or less, where uh, a fellow went down in the hole to do work. Right. And... Uh, I think maybe his son was with them. There were plumbers, yep. and they both ended up dying. Um, and uh, there was another scenario where a series of guys kept going in there trying mm. to find out what happened to other guys. It ended up being like 16 guys that all ended up dying in this, uh, you know, not far underground yeah. because of gases and, 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 and people not knowing to check the oxygen levels and, and do testing on these things. So that industry or that poor part of safety has changed a lot over the last uh, 15 years. Right. And um, so that's something you got to be cognizant of. And something as simple as going under your house um, could, could be an, an issue. So, uh, you know, you've got methane gases, your plumbing system. You're not supposed to have anybody work on your... Uh, sewer lines on the sewer licensed plumber. Mm. Um, you know, you can work on your own because as a homeowner, you have property rights, so you can get under the sink and work on your own P-trap. Yeah, Those P-traps are under your sink to stop the methane gases from coming back up into the house. Right, Methane gases from the sewers, you know, they can kill you. And uh, your toilets have the P-trap actually built into, into the toilet itself. If you look at the base of the toilet, yeah. Sometimes you can see the P-trap in it or the design of it. Um, so um, anytime you're dealing with sewage, uh, the, the sewer line, the building drain, mm-hmm. you got to be extra careful because those gases um, can make you sick or, or kill you. So Every now and then, safety. every now and then we hear about a neighborhood literally blowing up or a home or two. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be what? Natural gas? That could sometimes do that. Methane's not going to do that, right? Um, sometimes it's natural gas. And methane, I've not heard of methane doing that. I think methane is, is more of a, a quiet killer. Yeah. Um, I think that the, uh, and carbon monoxide as well, but the the explosions you're hearing about are, are typically water heaters or gas lines. And water heaters, you know, all of us have them in our house, whether they be electric or whether they be uh, natural gas or propane. Um, those have the potential to blow up your entire home. Yeah. There's a pressure relief valve on those things, and those are very dangerous appliances, and uh, in the right uh, setting, uh, there's been lots of people uh, uh, killed, whole houses, half the house blows up, and yeah. people die along with it, or apartment complexes. So water heaters are something that you want to make sure that you have professionals on. There's safety yeah. mechanisms that have to be. So these guys that come out, and you, when you try to do these do-it-yourself projects, think about, you know, the other people around you. Right. Think about your family, kind of like the storm coming through. Right. You know, you know, you know, stay in the house near the ocean. Well, maybe you think you're okay, and maybe you will do okay, but what about your kids and your wife? And you got to think about everybody when you're doing, making decisions on whether you're going to fix something in your house that could have life-threatening uh, scenarios or whether you're going to stay in the house when the storm comes. Yep. You have to think about others. Yep. Well, we had a, we had a hot water heater go out and as it turns out, we have a gas hot water heater. So 
you know, my neighbor up the street, he solved his hot water heater problem. It's an electric one. Uh, he solved it relatively inexpensively, going down to the hardware store or the home improvement store, bringing it down, putting it, putting it in. That's what he did. We didn't really have that option because it was a gas unit, and I'm not fiddling with gas. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just not, it just doesn't make any sense to do that. So, I don't know. Good, good, good idea, because you're dealing with... Uh you're dealing with exhaust. You're dealing with the the, the source being gas and yeah. uh, potential leaks and um, um, electrical uh, sparking around gas when you're doing various uh, things, possibly. Yeah. Um, so lots of lots lots more moving parts involved in that uh, exchange or, or, or change out versus the electric. Yeah. One thing I was going to bring up: there's a concept in. Uh, in in accident discovery or accident um, uh, investigation, uh-huh. that people see movies like the Jason Bourne movies or the Die Hard movies, they actually think that stuff is possible. Okay. Are you and, talking about the sprinklers? Oh, I'm talking about the sprinklers and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. A guy takes a a lighter, and he gets the entire building to evacuate ten floors. Because he puts a lighter under one sprinkler and it, you know, well, by the gets way, everybody and, wet. And then the, and the only thing that's going to happen in that scenario is the one sprinkler is going to go off, not the entire building. Right. I kind of, yeah. Movies. yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. We've got uh, more to talk about making your home great. Call us up with your questions. 919-860-9783. News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, accurate weather forecast, sunshine clouds, and a high temperature near 84 degrees. And I just closed out that window on my computer, so I actually can't tell you the rest of the forecast. But we're staying in the 82 to 84 range next couple of days. Sunshine and some clouds. It will be more humid tomorrow. News Radio 680 WPTF, Tim Ferruzzi and Dave Alexander on uh, making your home great. Tim, of course, with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, uh, the Builder Magazine, in fact, I think that's what it's called, Builder Online has come up with or is reporting on a hurricane-proof house. Guess what product they've built the house out of? Concrete. Concrete. It's a 1,200-square-foot home Designed to withstand 200 mile per hour winds. It's well, on stilts. That's the way they've designed the homes in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, for years in southern Florida, um, lots of concrete. I I'm amazed. I I don't know what they're doing with the windows. Maybe they just shutter it up. But I want. Uh, what do you do for the roof? You, you make it a traditional well, a wood roof. Yeah, in those environments, most of them are using um, tile, like the uh, the uh, mission tile, the concrete tile. Um, you know, your typical um, uh, Latin design home. Yeah. Uh, concrete, stucco, uh, mission style uh, tiles on the roof, that kind of thing. That's typically what you see. A waterproof membrane is bonded to the roof surface to prevent water. Penetration, but it's a 
It's a concrete roof also. Yeah, yeah what they're using is, well, you can build a roof out of complete concrete like you do in some of the commercial settings, but I think a lot of those are using concrete tiles uh-huh. uh, in most cases. Man, oh, but man. But underneath the concrete tiles or the terracotta tiles are uh, a good quality waterproofing because the concrete tiles and the um, the mission style right. concrete or, or terracotta tiles aren't your waterproof or they're your um, they are your um, uh, your UV protector and your overall weather protector in general but as far as waterproofing the, the real workhorse is what's under the tile or the um, and that's typically a mop down type of product or a modified of some kind or a heavy 90-pound product with a couple layers of um, uh, synthetic underlayment or something of the sort underneath it. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting idea. The uh, price tag I just found, $175,000 turnkey. Um, let's see, 30 days to cast and deliver. It's erected in about 40 hours. That's amazing. Well, it, it, you've hit on a good thing that we should talk about when you talk yeah. about the um, casting the concrete work. Uh-huh. So in, in, in reviewing some of the OSHA stuff a little while ago, they were talking about concrete and steel erection and how soon a steel erector could start building the framework on concrete. Yeah. And um, I think the general rule of thumb for concrete curing is 28 days. We talked about that last week. Yeah. That's when you're, that's when you're pretty much at 98% full curing. Right. And, you know, you see some of these guys come out and start building houses and things of that sort on slab construction. Right. Um, prior to the 28 days. So that's another issue that could be, um, you know, safety, a safety consideration. Obviously, in commercial settings where you're dealing with heavier steel, by the way, all that background noise, I'm sorry, I'm on the way to the it's okay. football game. Hopefully it's okay. we're not going to get uh, our pants beat off of us. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, how what you're actually building on as far as the foundation, the footings, the slab, making sure that that concrete has cured yeah. um, substantially before you start building on it um, is important, especially if you're building upwards with the framework, and the framework is obviously tied to that slab, um, that's another safety concern that OSHA does have some some jurisdiction on. I've got Ray in Nashville with some information about this. Hi, Ray. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing well. Hey, What's Ray. going on? Uh, just being old and in construction life and hospitals school, it's a bunch of different things. And uh-huh. I, I'm just going to add in uh, friends in Florida and such, but uh, yeah, the concrete thing that works and actually colonial if you uh, an actual real colonial home i toured before in virginia and and they were made of three foot walls and our national courthouse still has it uh three foot walls and what they do they take the brick and every brick they laid was a different direction than the one previously until and they did the rectangle for the front door in front and back one on the river side one on the other and They'll show you where cannon, the actual cannon balls have hit and bounced off, and they built deliberately according to that back in the 1700s anyway, in the 1600s. But uh, I guess that was kind of the start of the frame. But what they do is the same thing. It's like they do prisons. When we do prisons, we build the block, and then we put 
uh, a rebar in the middle of each cylinder, and then we pour it with grout. That right. is an example of then when you do the windows, it's uh, they call it the hurricane something. I forgot the proper name, but what it is, it's bulletproof glass, pretty much. Uh, and so that's how you get one hurricane proof. You know, so there you go. Yeah, if they can handle a bullet, they can handle a hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, and it's expensive. There's a celebrity, so I probably won't name it, but that I know of that uh, live right on the water in Florida, and theirs are like that. But they're tinted, and they're you know kind of nice looking. You, you don't know, it, but they're actually bulletproof glass. Yeah, um, and uh, that that's how they make it. Your or yeah. something. But I wonder what's going to keep it from going. But that's how they do it. You couldn't take a hammer to it or even a sledgehammer and put it through that glass. But it looks nice to look at. You wouldn't know the difference. That's oh, amazing. By the way, they're uh, they're really, 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 really expensive. So, oh, I would imagine they are. <laughs> this, you know, this fellow's got a price here for hundred and seventy-five thousand. That's the house. That's but not the land. You do the superstructure after you get that done. I mean, yeah. if you really want to, you. I mean, you can paint, cover something over it, and then even for the interior, if you do the block thing, yeah. you can make it whatever you want. You don't have to have right. a brick. Style, you know, and then your windows, you can frame the uh, interior, exterior around, make it look homey and all that. But the structure itself, yeah. Was, but anyway, I thought I'd throw that in there since I know. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. Oh, y'all have a good one now. All right, you take do. care. See, what happens is if it's built and it looks like a hurricane proof house, then when the hurricane comes through, you get a lot of neighbors on the doorstep. Knocking on the door, saying, "Can we?" Well, when I was, we uh, when I went down to Hur- I went to Hurricane Andrew uh, yeah. four days after it hit, and I learned a lot about uh, Southern Florida construction and the way they were building the houses then. Uh, I think is very similar to the way they build them now. They've just probably tightened up on a few more things, but it, you know, cinder block and with the rebar, and they fill it in with the with the uh, cement, yeah. and then the very top of it. They they form it up with plywood, um, and they create a continuous uh, band of concrete around the top, almost like a footing in the ground. Yeah, and this ties everything together. So basically, it becomes laterally, and you know the whole everything becomes one at that point. Once that top form is poured, and I think that top form, if I remember right, is anywhere from twelve to sixteen inches, and that's continuous yeah. around the top. So uh, those that can handle. Uh, a lot uh, in itself, uh, but the roofs were the ones that, and, and generally those houses did well with the storm, except for the fact that the roofs were lifting off um, when that thing came through, pulling up and shifting two or three inches or just being torn off completely or the actual um, material on the roof uh, was torn off. And of course, then you had rain. Yeah. So that, that's the, the roof is the weakness and, 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 but they've they've upped that standard quite a bit. You just talked about that a little bit, but yes, most of the homes in those high wind areas, like the Caribbean and Southern Florida, mm-hmm. have been kind of built for uh, storms. And it would be nice if the places where they had roofs, you know, the homes destroyed that were not like this, they were destroyed, and the government's kind of helping people to rebuild. That they would be rebuilt to high standards. That makes sense, doesn't it? Well, when Andrew came through, they upped the standards on yeah. 
a lot of things. Miami-Dade is one of the, uh, when you're selling roofing products and, and many other products, you have to pass the Miami-Dade um, codes. Right. That's kind of a bragging right that a lot of the uh, building uh, manufacturer uh, materials use um, is that they pass Miami-Dade standards. So when I was down there, they were in the process. I was working at Homestead on my first couple projects, and they were changing the code as we were doing roofs, Yeah, just up in the code. So some of the things we were doing just slipped right by and got done before they were at, and they actually stopped everybody from doing work uh, in, in Homestead, if you remember, yeah. um, because they were trying to up the, the codes right then for future storms. And, of course, that a lot of that's um, the insurance uh, companies coming in and, and demanding that the insurance the Department of Insurance uh, increase the standards because they don't want to lose future money. Yeah. Um, so, in a sense, it becomes a money thing. Uh, not so much, not so much a life-saving thing, even though it becomes that. But it's more of a, we don't want liabilities uh, for future storms, so let's up the standards and make the homeowners pay for these uh, changes so that there's less damage in the future. That makes a lot of sense. Not much you can do for Houston unless they can figure out a way to deal with 50 inches of rain. The next time this happens, it's going to happen again. But it's a once yeah, in a. Yeah, we've got another. We've got another storm, not Jose, but the other tropical storm out there that they're not sure. Right. I guess what it's going to do yet. So, um, I'll tell you, if that thing hits the, the coast or, or right um, America, we're going to have what Houston, Florida, right, and, and potentially something else. That's uh, that's major. Right. I understand that. We've reached out to the North Carolina Insurance Department, and they have a specialist who could not come on this week. But we're going to get them on pretty quickly. Um, of course, uh, we're talking insulation next week and exteriors the following week. This is making your home great. Call us up if you've got a project at your house or you want to take one on or get some advice about hiring a contractor. Talk to Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. News Radio 680 WPTF. The telephone number 919 860 9783. Thank weather forecast on News Radio 680 WPTF. Include some sunshine the rest of the afternoon with some clouds. High near 84, overnight low 65. Tomorrow, more humid than today. Otherwise, same description sunshine clouds. And a high near 83. Right now we're at 84. Real feel, 86. Tim Ferruzzi and Dave Alexander. Tim with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. I remembered the thing I forgot. We were going to talk about hail. I live in Fuquay, Verena, but I live in the hyphen between Fuquay and Verena. There are some other people on the other edge of town (laughs) that had some really nasty hail. Now... As it turned out, they, they're contacting their insurance company because of their, their car that just got dinged. I mean, hard metal, you know, like somebody took a hammer to it. What is that yeah. kind of hail? What is that kind of, because I can't see any damage on their house. What does that do to a roof? Well, it damages it. I, I haven't seen any car damage. I was there uh, in Fuquay, Verena, looking at three jobs on Thursday, and I've got more to look at. Um, yeah. Um, on Monday, 
and uh, one gentleman's house, well, two, two of the houses, the whole backside, their vinyl siding was all broken. Yeah. Um, typically, when hail comes, it comes from a, a, a certain direction, um, you know, northwest, east, or, or south. Uh-huh. And um, uh, so the whole backside of their house was pummeled, and the siding was broken in many, many locations, and even on uh, part of the side of the house. And, of course, when when that happens, it's coming from the sky, even though it's coming from a certain direction. So you'll a lot of times you'll see where two sides of the house or one or three sides of the house don't need to be replaced with the vinyl siding, or, or maybe all of it does, right? Um, or maybe just one or two. And, of course, the roof always, when you've got that kind of damage on siding and gutters, whether the roof looks like it or not, and these houses are only two years old. It's over in, the, I forgot the name of the subdivision, Pine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the area with the big mall in the middle of it, the big uh, grassy mall, and it's a, a development that's a couple years old, and so all these roofs are, are brand new, and um, they're three-tab shingles, but yeah. they're damaged because you won't see the effects. They look, when you look at them, they look normal, mm-hmm. um, but in three to four or five years, that's when you're going to start seeing the real damage. Um, as they age from what just happened. And you have three years to file your claim with your insurance company, and that still goes on, you know, like the storm that hit Cary and uh, Apex um, in Holly Springs uh, back in, I guess, almost a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. May 2nd. Uh, we're still doing roof jobs over there from that storm. So people didn't realize that they had a valid claim um, and there's been a series of other hailstorms. In the last two or three years, uh, the Wake County uh, area RTP has probably had uh, seven or eight exposures to hail in different locations. Yeah. So um, there's bona fide damage out there that people need to be aware of, and they need to understand that just because it doesn't look like it's damaged doesn't mean that you don't have damage. And if you do not file a claim, you will not be reimbursed for it. Tim, is there some way to demonstrate that the tile or the 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 roof has been damaged? We are just there talking is. about the. We're not talking about the wood, are we? Are we, are we just no. talking about the the, the asphalt yeah. shingle? Yeah, there's a. You go up and you 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 look at uh, a certain number of pings um, that you can see within a certain. Uh, uh, square footage area, and you can mark those off, and then and that's a little harder to do. Um, if you see damage on your gutters, if you see damage on your siding, and even more obvious than that, that, that would be a real good indicator if you have screens on your windows and you see that the screens have been torn right. or, uh, or pummeled, then that's a good sign that you've got some damage. Of course, screens are weaker and would be more susceptible to damage than siding Mm-hmm. or the roof, but if you do see screen damage uh, on one or two planes of your home, that's a pretty good indicator that you do have siding damage. And siding damage is very similar to roofing damage in that it may be real obvious where it was so strong of a storm that it actually damaged the siding and cracked it and broke it. And I could show you some pictures of jobs we've done where you go out to the house and it looks like it got shot by a, um, by a shotgun yeah. times. Uh, that many holes in it, um, and the sun's not so obvious. It almost looks like you threw softballs at it at different locations. That's what I saw at Wood Clay Arena the other day. It was, almost looked like your softballs hit it. 
in different locations. So there weren't like all the little pummel holes, right. more just broader, you know, breaks in the siding. Um, so that's a, just because the siding doesn't look like it's been damaged, mm-hmm. uh, it may have damage that won't show itself for three years, five years, ten years. So you're, you're better off, you know, having it looked at. And I would be a little leery of these guys that are coming out knocking on the doors yeah. that are from out of town because these guys, this is what they do. Um, they sell you on it. They have you sign your life away. And basically, they represent you with the insurance company. You don't have to do that. You could talk to uh, a regular roofing contractor like myself. Yeah. Won't require you to sign your life away to deal with the insurance company. And then you can explore your options and make sure that you're getting handled right. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is, is say, oh, well, this guy's going to get me a new roof and that's guaranteed. And, and wow, what a relief. Right. But then when he comes out to do the roof, they're using nail guns, they're using tar paper, they're doing substandard, or let's let's say they're doing building code minimum work, yeah. whereas you deserve to do a better job on the roof, and the insurance company will give you enough money to do the better job on the roof if you've got the right contractor working for you. Mm-hmm. And the insurance companies are okay three years down the line? Yeah, that's your, your, your right. You have up to three years to, to file a claim on, on anything. So, you know, I've done many retroactive claims for people. Yeah. And they didn't real because you don't realize it. Does something have to fail before the insurance company will step up and do something? Well, um, yes and no. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a hard question to answer, kind of open ended, but um, you, it would become more obvious and then. Uh, obviously, there's uh, weather systems that can track when hail came through. There's you can go Google that. Where did hail and yeah. the satellites will show you exactly where the storm came through yeah. um, in your area. And uh, of course, if you see neighbors getting it done, and you get a lot of uh, a lot of knocks on your door from from these guys I just described and, yep. and little flyers in your doors, that's a good indicator that you that you're probably got some damage. We had a guy come by two days after the hail, mm-hmm. and then was since then we've had several things stuffed in the mailbox or stuffed in the door, yeah, right well, next to the no soliciting sign. By the way, you're, you're a candidate. You're a candidate, but you, you, I know who you're using. You're going to use me, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. If there's anything wrong, I just you know, <laughs> I'm not sure that I need it. However, you've started me yeah, hoping I. that I do need it. I don't have any siding problems. Yeah. But if I walked around the other side of the house and suddenly there were a whole bunch of dings and bangs and whatever on the back of the house that I haven't examined look yet. At, yeah, look at your screens if you've got screens. Yeah. Uh, look at maybe some of your, uh, if you've got any metal things around your home, if you can see the metal things on your roof like the fans. Yeah. Or the, if you've got gutters, if you see dings in the downspout and things like that. Well, so, it's time It's time okay. to get a new roof anyway. But, you know, I... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna well, shade you, the you thing. Got my, you've got my number. I can come take a look at All it right. for you. We can <laughs> write you up an estimate. You can file a claim. It won't hurt you to file a claim. You're probably I'm, if you're getting if you're getting that kind of solicitation. Yeah. Probably were effective. All right. I'm going to go to handyhelpersremodel.com and then click on contact for Tim Ferruzzi. We'll see you next week talking insulation. WPTF.